welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 247 for June 5th, 2015, and it's a weekend edition of Wood Talk. On today's show, we're talking about woodworking magazines. Now, we've got a lot of questions about this just periodically, but lately it seems like we've gotten quite a few, two or three in the past week or so, asking what our opinions are on the various woodworking magazines, which ones we subscribe to, which ones are good, which ones suck. And uh, I thought that would be a good topic for us to hash out here. So first of all, let's go around and just uh, talk about what we subscribe to at this point. Uh, now, we've all three of us have been woodworking for quite some time. So I think when it comes to woodworking magazines, just naturally, they go through this publication cycle. And it's a matter of, you know, how many years in that cycle? Three years, four years? I don't know exactly what it is, but you get a lot of repeat information. So by the time you're about a decade into this whole thing, you start to see that you don't necessarily need to subscribe to everything. And, right. uh, you know, I used to have every subscription that was available and that becomes expensive. And then also you, you see the repeating topics. Uh, and at this point, I just kind of subscribe to the magazines that I am most familiar with and comfortable with. And I just feel... I don't know, I would feel kind of sad if they weren't showing up in my mailbox periodically. So for me, that comes down to popular woodworking and fine woodworking. And I'll be the first to admit at this point, I just don't have much time to sit down and read magazines. So even though I get them, they don't often get read completely. Right. Which makes me sad, but it's the reality. Oh, uh, so, sad reader. Yeah. So Matt, what about you? <laughs> At this point, quite honestly, um, it is just popular woodworking and it has nothing to do with I, – I actually just recently discovered that I let my fine woodworking magazine subscription slide and I have been thinking about re-upping it. But I probably won't just because once in a while I like to go to the uh, book rack or the magazine rack and stand there and pick ones out. So of all of them, I think I will probably just stick with pop woodworking for right now, uh, just simply because my uh, subscription still has a ways to go. <laughs> You've got to get over your grudge. Uh, you know, Asa really did not mean those comments that he met. That he said <laughs> I on had show. him on the show. We were cool with it. I swear. <laughs> I swear. That's not the reason. Just let it go, Matt. Jeez. <laughs> we heard Some what you said after you hit. Uh, <laughs> after we stopped recording, right? <laughs> was that in the bonus episodes that I did for uh, early Patreon? <laughs> right. There you go. See, if there was ever a reason to join Matt's Patreon, it's to find the bonus footage. <laughs> That's it. Which you can now get on Vimeo, by the way. That's, That's right. Yes, absolutely. Matt on demand. Exactly. That's what they should change it to. Matt I, I was actually, you know what, as we're recording this, I am in negotiations with them right now about changing that. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right. What about you, Shannon? Uh, I'm with you, Mark. It's uh, Popwood and Fine Woodworking. And I've gone to digital subscriptions for both of them. Mm -hmm. My um, uh, Popwood print subscription finally ran out um, because I just I, – I just – I want to read them. They just stack up and stack up. So knowing that they're stacking up in my iPad uh, makes me feel a little bit better than the growing stack that used to be sitting on the, uh, the coffee table. <laughs> it's much better uh, to stack megabytes. It's, yeah, it's much easier to, to keep track of it that way. But, um, you know, I, I will pick them up and leaf through them. They're great to have uh, if you've got some free time in your hands, if you're stuck at the DMV or on an airplane flight. Uh, woodworking magazines are fantastic when, like, especially if it's like a two-hour flight. You can't get into anything else. That's really yeah. nice. But yeah, it's um, the, the one thing I will say about fine woodworking, especially because they have their own app, which I do like how the magazine itself is rendered, but I often forget about it because it's not in my, my reader app. It's in something totally different. It's own thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, like the other day, um, actually, when we first started batting around the idea of doing this topic, I went in to look at fine woodworking and I had four episodes or four episodes, four um, issues to be downloaded. I was like, oh, geez. Wow. I haven't been in here for a while. So, yeah, I downloaded (laughs) all four of those and haven't read them yet. So, yeah, like you said, there's those phases you go through. And I'm in one of those phases where I just uh, uh, I have every intention of reading them. I'll get to it eventually. There's probably some cool stuff there. But, yeah. One thing I found to be really useful, and it's the sort of um, digital aspect of this with fine woodworking, they're definitely one of the to, to me, they're just one of the definitive resources for things. And not that these other magazines aren't, but they do such a good job and have been doing it for so long that I yeah, see them as talking 40 plus years of content. Yeah. Like they're, right? they're just doing this ongoing encyclopedia of woodworking. And because they do rehash topics, a lot of times if something new comes out, you've got a chance to hear someone else's perspective on it or a different way to do it. So for me, rather than subscribe to the magazine, like, I, like honestly, when mine runs out, I probably won't renew it. And instead I'm just going to every year, make sure I get the digital versions of all of them and keep adding to that archive that I had purchased. So I have every issue ever made. And the, way that I use this stuff now is I need information on a particular topic and I'm not really looking to sit down and be entertained or to just actively learn while I'm on the couch, which I normally would. That's how I would use a magazine is just because it's time to read the magazine. In this case, it's more purposeful. I need to find out about topic X and they make it easy for me to do that, whether I'm using their online service uh, as a, what is it like the $30 a year membership or searching the archives from the disc that I had purchased from them. Um, So to me, topical is really the way to go. And a lot of these other other magazines don't necessarily make it super easy for for me to do that yeah that's true hmm. all right it's a great place to go like if you're starting a new build and you're just kind of looking for some outside perspective on how this is done or mm-hmm. you know how that joint is tackled or whatever it's really nice to just be able to hit that website and generally when i just google it I'll end up somewhere on fine woodworking. You'll find it anyway. It's very true. <laughs> I should just save myself trouble and just go to fine woodworking right. and use the search bar there. If you could find it. Right. That's true. Yes. That's true. For as much <laughs> love as we're going to give fine woodworking, we're going to give them a lot of crap too. Cause once, once you get past the clickbait ads and all that stuff <laughs> yeah. and, and the ads for totally unrelated woodworking stuff, then, then you find the search box. Yeah. They got to do and what they got to do. I think but... the search box has an ad wrapped around it. Too. <laughs> you have to watch a, a 30 second video before you could use the search. <laughs> Hi, welcome to fine woodworking magazine. If you click through these, you'll finally get to our, no, just kidding. There you go. Um, all right. So let's look at some of the popular magazines. Now we're not going to say this is an all-inclusive list, and we're certainly not going to say that this is the end-all, be-all synopsis of these magazines, but we'll kind of go through and just say what we think of when we think of those magazines, what uh, traits they have and and where they might fit into, you know, as as you're listening to this, there's probably people of all different levels of woodworking experience. Uh, You might be interested in some and and not others. So uh, if we miss anything, forgive us, but here we go. So first of all, Pop Woodworking. Uh, What would you say Pop Woodworking's primary audience is at this point. I mean, oh, like, let, so let, let's, let's talk about uh, skill level and then also tools. Uh, I'm going to put the skill level at somebody who um, just, a, they have been doing at least some woodworking. They, they have an idea of what it is and they are the type of people that are just really just this like woodworking and they, they love it. Just anything and everything about it. And uh, they, they see it as like, 
It, it, you ever go to the candy store, like the nope. old-fashioned candy store, and they have those candies that you're like, oh my gosh, I grew up with that candy. I love that candy. This candy is awesome. I've heard about this candy. That's the way I feel popular woodworking is. So they're, they're, like, uh, they're like gummy fruit slices? Maybe. <laughs> they're, they're the one that like, it's like, it's like you've love heard those of these things. things. You, you've heard you've heard of these things like hand tools and stuff like that and some of these techniques, but you don't know where else to find it. And there's a very good chance they're eclectic. That's the word I'm looking for. Well, would you say that uh, at least from my observation and especially knowing a lot of the authors there having opportunities to meet and talk with them, I find it very interesting how that magazine has evolved and that the popular woodworking of today is really not the same magazine that was there, I don't know, maybe five to ten years ago. No, because if you look through their, it's not at all. If if you look through their like digital uh, index and stuff like that, it wasn't that long ago, if I remember right. And I probably just gave that one woodworker that I, I think I mentioned a while ago uh, all my my magazines. There's probably some in there that were like the it's the router special issue. And, you know, they were that very... wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't yeah, really. I still have a couple of those floating around. I feel yeah. like they were, um, not to skip ahead to Wood Magazine, but I feel like they were almost comparable to what Wood Magazine is today. I'd say along the lines of that. Yeah, definitely. See, but from a project perspective, I view, keeping with Matt's food analogy, because I am hungry, um, <laughs> I view their projects as kind of like the meat and potatoes of woodworking. It's <laughs> it's projects like that everyone should build at some point in their, their woodworking career, but nothing that's like super, super challenging. There'll be a couple little challenges here and there, but you know, a lot of, of just kind of run of the mill type projects, um, yeah. you know, a blanket chest and a shaker side table and stuff like that. Good projects, but kind of when that woodworker and Mark just brought up wood magazine, wood magazine's kind of much more beginner. And it's kind of when that, that reader graduates to building like their first quote, real piece of furniture, they go to popular woodworking. Mm-hmm. See, and, and I kind of see it again, sticking with the food analogy to sometimes there are oftentimes more times now than previously that I see popular woodworking as kind of being like that magazine. That's like, we'd like to introduce to you the Turduncan where, you know, <laughs> other ones are like very much like, here's how you make a really good duck. Here's right. how you make a really good turkey. To me, like sometimes popular woodworking will have these articles that are just like one of those, wow, I don't know when I'm going to use that, but it's really cool that I saw something in there like that. They're not afraid to dive into an obscure niche. Right, yeah. I, yeah. I credit Christopher Shores starting that cycle. He definitely kind of remade that magazine. Mm-hmm. And even though he's been gone, what, four or five years? <laughs> he's still heavily present there. Because obviously could- Megan uh, and... Chris, I think, see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but his influence is still felt. And of course, he's still, you know, has there been a, an issue that he hasn't had an article in since mm-hmm. he, re, quote, retired from popular woodworking? I don't know. It might have been the one I didn't get. <laughs> but, you know, I, um, in, in, quote, preparation for this show, I looked at lots of pictures in the recent, <laughs> uh, the recent popular woodworking. I'm not going to say I read anything, but I flipped through them a lot. And they are definitely striking out into some new stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see totally new authors. Um, they're pulling from a lot of different, uh, different areas. They've had some Art Deco show up. They've got... Um, some mid-century that's shown up. In fact, uh, Popular Woodworking Books just put out a, a measure drawing book on uh, Danish mid-modern. So I imagine we'll probably see some of that popping up in the magazine. So they're definitely um, branching out. It's not the um, necessarily all kind of 18th century and antique type furniture. Yeah. Maybe that was, I don't know, maybe that was Glenn Huey and Chuck Bender's 
um, influence along yeah. with Christopher Shores. Well, now all I those think guys are gone, you know? That's the interesting thing to see is where where is everything going from this point. And I think one thing that's fairly unique about Pop Woodworking is that they do let the author's voice, uh, you know, sort of govern the articles. Like you could tell that this was not written or put through some sort of filter the way a lot of other magazines will will do it. You right, know, so and that, that's a very good point. It's exactly the biggest difference, I think, between all of the magazines is, yeah, this one is, it's, again, it's very eclectic. You, as you go from article to article, it is a very distinct voice that is telling the story and, and describing what's going on, going on, where the other magazines, and again, kind of, we were joking, half joking around about the whole Asa thing, when I was uh, talking with him, for certain, he it came right out there and said, you know, they have a very particular way that they do the articles, a very specific way that they do the articles, and it's not to say that what the author uh, is is trying to get across isn't important. They just want to make sure that when you read article to article and magazine to magazine, uh, that it is the same thing through and through so you know exactly what to get, where, like you described, I mean, Popular Woodworking is very much our, uh, the author's voice is coming through. So let's uh, move to fine woodworking then. So um, obviously we just talked about that. The voice, everything is sort of filtered, put through the fine woodworking filter to make sure that it meets the quality levels that they have. You know, there's an expectation of a certain quality level and they have to maintain that. And the way they do it is by using people for their, you know, as resources for the woodworking information, but putting it through the editor filter to make sure that it's good enough. For the magazine, well, all the way down to the photographs. I mean, yeah. they go and they do the photography on location, right? So, right. so, so then that's a big difference, right? Because a lot of that thing sounds like you might say, "Oh, well, having all the the individual voices is is definitely better." Well, not necessarily, because sometimes the pictures might not be as good as they could be. Sometimes you may not like the way the person writes necessarily, but in fine woodworking, it's going to be a little more consistent, and the quality level is going to be a little more consistent there as well. So, overall, do you think you know fine woodworking project choice? We're talking about higher level stuff for the most part would you agree yeah, with that yeah yeah i would i would say it's it's uh, along the lines of almost like studio furniture mm-hmm. in the sense that like you know you would you would go to a studio to, to purchase this type of furniture these are tend to be more uh high-end um uh, custom woodworkers who have a, a very specific niche group that they are are selling to it's and they would also tend to be uh again kind of like juried woodworker right you know kind of a uh, uh, that's what they would be going to it wouldn't be the necessarily and not that there's anything wrong with this it's not necessarily the type of thing where you go down to the farmer's market and they're like oh that's a nice booth yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah all of their authors uh, i could be wrong here but just like just about all of them i think are professional woodworkers building furniture for a living um and that definitely comes out in in the level of detail or the skill level required for some of the projects but it also feels that it's more of the professional woodworkers magazine even though most professional woodworkers i know have no time to read a magazine <laughs> they ain't reading uh, no right. magazines <laughs> that, that definitely is the feeling that i get whereas popular woodworking has that little bit more of the amateurish hobby hobbyist type well and i, I think it. that's one of the things i like about fine woodworking it's a little more no holds barred like mm. it's going to unapologetically build projects using whatever is required to build them from the people who actually build them. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas a lot of times magazines and, you know, fine woodworking will do a beginner friendly article, you know, now and then, but they're not necessarily hell bent on making sure they don't leave anyone behind. 
It's like, right. you know, this is the level we're focused at. And eventually maybe you'll be at this level and you'll be interested in this. Cause I, I know in the beginning I would get fine woodworking and like most of it, I'd look through, you know, like a dream catalog. I'd be like, well, someday, oh, someday, you know, I, <laughs> yes, well, and very much because so. of that, it's an excellent inspiration source. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. just start on the back page of, of fine woodworking. <laughs> right. yep. Whatever cool, crazy off the wall thing is on the back page and then read the back cover and how they made it. You know, right. that, that's cool. Um, they always do a good job of that. And the reader gallery is like, you know, you look at some of the projects on there and like, holy crap, you know, yeah. this is it's, some impressive stuff. Yeah. It's no very doubt. aspirational is what it really is. I mean, every now and then they let some Yahoo in there. I mean, Vic got Vic. his cradle in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> They'll let anybody in there. Yeah. They lost a lot of subscribers that <laughs> Well, it took me about six months before I came back. Almost as many as when they put Norm on the cover. Right. Oh, yeah. oh my lord <laughs> yeah see now that's the other that's the flip side of this right because of that there is a little bit of um would you say like a perception of snootiness to the I magazine i would definitely say a perception I, of I don't agree with it i'm you know i just think that i've, I've heard that sentiment in the past right. well and it's hard to take that um, filtered and and the the word that mark has in the notes is vanilla which i think is very appropriate that kind of watered down's not right but filtered approach to things and not having come having it come off kind of snooty yeah it's such a terrible word for it but sterilized and therefore you know snooty (laughs) but you know coming back is the only word i can think of the nice thing about negative connotation to it but that's not what i mean but the nice thing about it is that they they don't apologize for it and i'm actually i'm actually kind of glad that they don't because I, I think it's really it's really bad when they when a publication or a show or, or or whatever waters itself down because they're worried about how people perceive them i think there's a place for it uh whether you agree with it or not and i think what they do with that perceived uh, uh, in fact, they poke fun at themselves quite a bit on their own podcast. And even when they used to do their live show, uh, they, they kind of poked fun at that whole thing. So I think it's really neat that they, they run with it. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's there. I like that idea of the spectrum of magazines that we're talking about and that are available. Yeah. And here's another thing. Fine Woodworking, you got to give them credit. They've been doing Shop Talk Live for a long time now. And no one else is doing an audio podcast. I know. I wish I had one to subscribe to. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I don't mean no one else's. I mean, in terms of magazines, right. it's it's very hard for, uh, I'd imagine, for a magazine to justify telling two or three people on staff to go ahead and do a podcast every week. Right. Uh, you know, so it, it, I, I, I love the fact that they've been able to do it and they've been able to justify uh, continuing to do it. Look, look at their tenure. There's been no turnover there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's That's a huge part of it. Um, you know, no, no offense to popular woodworking, but my God, it's like a revolving door over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can't run a podcast. I mean, basically, they could run a podcast, and it would be the Megan Fitzpatrick show. You'd be the I'd she'd be there that. holding yeah. down the fort, just pulling in people, trying to get oh, them to. Just to so talk. you know, Megan, if you, if you happen to hear this, I would listen to that show, and, and I would too. And I would I would post something up saying you should listen to this too, and then ask for you <laughs> to send me a T-shirt. There you go. I will I will only <laughs> listen if it's done in iambic pentameter. Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good stuff. Now that's that's too pretentious. <laughs> I like it. All right. So what about 
Wood Magazine. Uh, the folks at Wood are great. They uh, they put on a great show with Weekend with Wood, and I got a chance to hang out with them uh, last year, in fact, and did a little presentation there. Uh, but they are definitely what I would consider the more beginner-friendly category of magazine. Mm-hmm. So you're first starting out, you're not sure what tools to get. There's a lot of tool reviews and shootout style where you want that chart of every brand that's out there right now, which one gets the highest marks, uh, fairly uh, more beginner friendly designs. Although, I mean, some of their stuff is really, really good, uh, but they definitely do sway a little bit more into bringing beginners deeper into, um, you know, sort of improving their skill set. Right. So I love wood magazine i don't subscribe to it now but every time i go to a bookstore i go and i pull out and look for the latest issue of wood and just kind of flip through it which mm-hmm. i know doesn't help them when it comes to revenue sorry <laughs> well done um, Shannon. But, but i i still that is a magazine that i will buy off the rack from time to time yeah i i could be wrong here but i'm pretty certain that it's the only magazine from which i have actually built a project featured i haven't built anything from any of the other magazines but they have a lot of these kind of easy smaller type projects i would call them like the craft show style projects small boxes or small turn things or whatever i have built so many wood magazine projects we're probably talking 30 or 40 of them just because they're easy to knock out you know they give you like the full-size drawing there in the magazine it's Mm -hmm. just really easy to take down to your shop generally the instructions are spot on so you're not left wondering what happens between step one and step 17 because they didn't talk about it. Right. Um, it's just a really well put together. They know who they're talking to. They know what their mission is and they've stuck to it. So mm-hmm. kudos to Wood. Um, I'm not a subscriber now, but I think I've outgrown it. But there's not a year that goes by that I don't at least pick up one on the rack because there's something real interesting that strikes my fancy. They've got we, a huge number of toys, um, like plans for toys available. Oh, totally. And, and I, built, uh, I almost, built like almost the entire construction set line. My nephew loves it. Yeah, they're awesome. And the um, Woodworkers Fighting Cancer builds, out of like the four or five that we've done, uh, I think we've used them like three different times because exactly what you said, they've got those uh, projects that are more conducive to everybody jumping in and building. And some people will be challenged. Other people, they'll be able to knock it out quickly. But it's that sweet spot at at the, the quality level and the difficulty level that's great for the fundraising that we do. There's well, you something know, I, about a project that can be done over the course of like a day or two in the shop yeah. that just makes it real easy to get into. Yep. You know you're not in for, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of lumber and months of time in building this, you know. It's the ultimate ADD woodworker magazine. Sure. Well, it's why I like to think of them as – and again, going back to the food analogy, they're like the M&Ms of the woodworking magazines mm-hmm. uh, because there are a whole bunch of little things in that one single – in between the, the, the cover that there's just a lot of stuff in there. You'd be like, oh, I could do this quick oh this is really fantastic oh i've got some scraps that will work out good for this and it doesn't hurt the fact that i think they've had all three of us write an article for them or something so i'm not a little biased that way well but I think there's a neat little thing that, again, they're, they're kind of welcoming. Uh, they are for sure another one that there is a very set voice to the magazine. So all the articles do kind of read the same. But, yeah, they're, for me, they were like one of the first ones that once I got away from the DIY magazines, Wood Magazine was like the one I gravitated to first because they felt so so friendly and easy to, to understand and, and to build some of those projects. And like you said, I, I kind of go back to it once in a while just because it's like – it's like comfort food even, kind of like, yeah. oh, I'm All so right. burned out from big projects. I want to do something fun and small and, oh, this is perfect. Yep, definitely fits the bill. Uh, all right, so what about the folks at, who are they, August Home Publishing, I guess, does Shop Notes and Woodsmith? 
Oh, oh man. Yeah. Those are some good yeah. ones. So, and I know every time we talk about magazines, those were ones that I never really subscribed to regularly, but everyone seems to love these two. Now I think it's because from what I gather, there's no BS. It's like, boom, here's a project. Here's the information. Here's some great drawings and the plans. Yeah. And really now good you can drawings, build it. Really clear on like how it goes together. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a good job there. Mm-hmm. So there's Woodsmith, which I, I honestly don't really know the difference because I know there's a TV show as well, the Woodsmith Shop. Uh, so the Woodsmith Magazine is probably more their general interest woodworking magazine, and Shop Notes is, I'm guessing, a little bit more focused on plans. And I can say that the Woodsmith Show, um, my impression of that is exactly opposite of that of the magazine. <laughs> Not so good. So they're inversely proportional to one another. <laughs> Look, if if there's got to be something on a TV, it may as well be a woodworking show. But in this particular case, that said, this, you know what? They they seem like such great guys. You know, the people oh, that are on the no show doubt, are fantastic. Man. But it's it is a little tough to watch sometimes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so uh, again, I'm going to have to look these up, but uh, that's a, another thing great to pull off the shelf when you're at the bookstore. Um, but shop notes, I'm just assuming is just, is it all shop specific furniture? Yeah, it's, you Pretty know, much. And, and jigs and whatnot and, and tool storage and oh, that's jigs cool. and things like that. There's some cool stuff in there. Nice. Uh, yeah. Again, that's one of those ones that I'll always kind of pick up and flip through. Um, great ideas. Like if you're remodeling your shop and really who isn't mm-hmm. in some sort of remodeling their shop phase, there's lots of really cool ideas for storage and, you know, uh, found a cool downdraft table plan in there once there's just some good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I think they're very much kind of long. If I remember right, cause I only had a few issues that I don't know. I think somebody snagged them from me at one point or something. Cause I remember like loaning some out, but it, they were, they were like one of the first ones I ever saw where people were actually building shop made tools and equipment in the sense of like build a uh, your own sh- wooden plywood uh, uh sanding machine or you know <laughs> yeah. make your own drill press what you can do that that's cool i'm also looking on their website now um for woodsmith you can get the access to all 219 issues of woodsmith magazine for 79 bucks so we're talking about being able to do that with uh, fine woodworking. Pretty nice to be able to do it with Woodsmith as well. Uh, so $79 gets you the whole thing. For 20 bucks more, they include the back issue library DVD. So you can actually have a copy at home, which I think would probably be the best way to go. So uh, I, I have a bunch of back issues of Woodsmith. And, you know, it's always been even the paper they printed on. It's that kind of real heavy almost cardstocky type stuff. It's just, it's, it's got, you know, holes already punched in it. It's definitely meant to be taken into the shop and used as a build guide. A very utility focused. But the, the one defining factor of a woodsmith project is a faux through tenon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's screwed into the board with just a little like cap put over top of it to make it look like it's a pyramidal through tenon. That's, yeah. that's the wood, sh- the woodsmith, uh, signature right there and i'm looking at the projects generally on their website looks to me like you're probably looking about the same level as wood magazine yeah maybe maybe a step up again into more into more actual furniture projects Mm -hmm. not that wood doesn't do furniture projects but you don't find a lot of smaller crafty type autumn items in woodsmith you find you know full-scale sofa tables and and sofas and beds and stuff like that cool yeah no matt kia tables 
What? There's probably a Makia table in there. <laughs> the fact that they would not do that, that just disgusts me. <laughs> All right, so we're probably, leaving, we're probably leaving some Canadian magazines out, maybe some yeah, UK there, magazines. The Canadian Woodworking Magazine, and I know of that because I know um, Chris Wong has been published in a couple. Vic Tesselin, I think, has done some work for them, and even Tom Fidgen. And I've, I've heard a lot about them lately. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I've, I've never seen the magazine. There's also a British cabinet maker um, that I've seen – uh, quite a few people in social media who have actually been writing for them lately. And I don't know that it's actually called British Cabinet Maker. Maybe it's British Cabinet Making. Um, so there's obviously other magazines out there. Um, so this is this is the opportunity for those of you listening to this to leave stuff in the comment section. You know, what what are the magazines we're missing and what, you know, what should we know about them? Yeah, that I, sounds like good. Woodworker's Journal. That was another one. Aren't, aren't they done, though? Isn't that they gone? Or no, what, was the it, one that's gone? But there was American, was American, American Woodworker. Woodworker. That's American the one that Woodworker. went away. That's, yeah. So yeah, Woodworker's got, Journal is still out? I think it is. Whoops. Oh, my Lord. Sorry, Woodworker's Journal. <laughs> I guess we won't be having them advertised with <laughs> us anytime I mean, then there's, there's Wood Turner and Wood Carving yep. Magazine. I mean, there's all those specific ones. There's Scroll Saw Magazines. But as far as general woodworking, I think, I think we hit on all of them. Uh, Woodworker's Journal. Okay. Well, I, I haven't read an issue of Woodworker's Journal in a long time. I used to subscribe, but... I don't have anything to say about it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, Other than, are they still in business? Yeah, let us know if you subscribe to Woodworker's Journal and at least someone give them the proper credit. I feel bad that we uh, kind of just glossed over them. But, you know, sometimes that that's the... Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. If we don't read it, we don't read it. You know? When, you know, right. There's a reason why I don't have a lot of subscriptions to a lot of magazines. And oftentimes it comes down to just the the voice of the uh, the magazine itself. It just doesn't strike me. Just like I'm sure my voice for some reason doesn't strike other people in a very good tone. Well, that's a good point. And you know, the the thing with Woodworker's Journal, as many times as I have read them in the past, I don't remember it. It was not memorable. There you go. And yeah. sometimes that does come down to voice and the way that the magazine is presented. I just don't have any <laughs> memories in my head of, of what that magazine is, which is yep. sad. But And it doesn't say that there's anything wrong with it. It just doesn't... doesn't appeal to me at the moment. Didn't, at the moment, things will change. Yeah, it didn't stick into our gray matter. You know, the one thing I will say that's different about magazines now than like when I started woodworking is now like when you go to the, well, there's that. (laughs) Um, When you go to like the tips and tricks section, every magazine has one. Um, I spend more time reading who the tip was submitted by because it's become such a small world now. It really has. Social media and everything. It's like before you used to read it and be like, okay, I have no idea who this person is or there's some lofty person who submitted this tip. Now it's like, hey, I know that guy. I had a beer with him one time. It's it's that's kind of cool to see people submitting stuff and and you actually like know who they are. Until you see it's a tip that you did on your show and you know that person watches your show. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so, wait a minute. I do that to Matt all the time. <laughs> I thought a few of those showed up there. Or or in one instance, you were swapping emails with one of the editors of the magazine, and then they took that email and used it as a tip. Oh, yeah, there you oh. go. Don't that one was an started. interesting one. I think I got an email from Megan like the day that came out. She's like, did we make sure we were able to run this? I was like, no, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Who cares? <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, uh, let us know if you have thoughts on magazines. What are your favorites? What do you associate with them? And who do you think they're they're for? Which, well, I guess basically which ones you subscribe to at this point. And uh, share that with us on woodtalkshow.com. And Matt, how about you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here. 
All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, question or topic suggestion or do you have a tip that you could share with me so that I could have a possibility of winning one of the great prizes for the top tip of the month? Uh, you can have there's several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on our Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com or leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend and we'll catch you next time. See you around.